Live from Columbus, it's the Zone of Truth. This week on the show, Griff and I subject ourselves to the second crossed, spelled X-E-D, Sesh Cocktail Meat Seltzer Pack, debut new segment, Power Rank Kill, a ranking of Pathfinder 2E classes, and of course, answers some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in the Zone of Truth. And we're back. We're back, baby. Whew. Really, uh, really looking forward to this live show. How about you, Griff? Yeah, I'm, I'm warlock, stock, and barrel ready for this. Listen to the end of the show if you want to hear about that one, probably. Yeah, I'll, I'll clip that and throw it back <laughs> on. Whew. Had a fun community night last night. Yeah, that was, it was cool. a blast. Yeah. Played some Jackbox games. Yeah, lots of people came out. We got to hang out. I probably played... Some of the best Jackbox I've played in my entire life. I, oh, I was considering I was, buying some of those t-shirts. Yeah, I was firing on all cylinders. It was great. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, well, I, I'll, I'll do a little caveat there. I was doing pretty good, mm-hmm. but I know what we have to do today on this zone of truth. So I yeah. was doing well until now. Yeah. We were a little late getting on the stream because a good friend of mine texted me saying that the Mandalorian season three trailer is dropped. Oh, so you're doing so, pretty good. Was yeah. it a good trailer? Oh, it's phenomenal. So that and Tales of the Jedi trailer dropped today and there was a new Andor trailer. Lots of really good Star Wars trailers. So like, you know how much that means to me, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, yeah. Now the emotional whiplash that yeah, I'm about to yeah. go through <laughs> as I'm about to be brought low by Wall Street, I guess. Yeah corporate greed God. <laughs> but yeah uh, doing well we'll be doing well after we get through some of the uh, i'm assuming probably some of the worst seltzers we've ever tried you know what let's go into this with an open mind today we yeah had a really 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 particularly poor showing last time maybe the worst seltzers we've had ever from sash or cross or cocktail i don't fucking know um <laughs> it's too much branding but i'm gonna say you know Let's give him a second try. See, you say that, but you didn't take the whole rest of the pack down afterwards. Mm-hmm. I had to keep that out of my fridge by taking it down by myself. And it was the worst night of my life. Now, notably, nobody made you do that. Nobody, nobody made me do it, but like, it had to be done. Nonetheless, it had to be done. Fair enough. All right. Before we get into these monstrosities, what you been up to, man? Uh, Haley and I started, I guess, rewatching for her. I don't think I've seen the first season of She-Ra. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we've been watching that and it is just such a good show. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know it's been mentioned on some of our other shows because Emily's a fan. Haley's a fan. The characters are just really well fleshed out. Their personalities are completely different and really great. My favorite character, I think most people's favorite character is Scorpio. Is that yeah, Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpio. Just like, so here's the thing, Steve. There's mm-hmm. there's like Himbo. Sure. Is like an iteration off of Bimbo, right? Kind of. I but did, like, yeah. So I, like, I didn't realize that. That makes a lot of sense. So, but, but like, <laughs> but like, Scorpio is a Himbo for sure. Like, but is it? Are you? Are you trying to sell me on this show? It's just Shimbo like, is what Corey has Shim- said. About. Shimbo, that's the perfect word. Female for it, himbo. Yeah. She's a female himbo in the sense in that, the like, she is, she is like, 
strong, like caring, like Mm -hmm. a little bit goofy, a little bit dumb at times, but just like loyal. One of the best characters in that show. Um, And she has giant scorpion claws. (laughs) But I I love that character. I love a lot of the characters. I think Glimmer is my favorite princess. And obviously Bo is probably my favorite character overall. You know, he's like Bo, like B-E-A-U, but his name name is actually B-O-W, and he uses a bow. God. (laughs) Uh, I like that. But the characters are really fun. Uh, So we've been spending a lot of time watching that. I think we almost made it through the first season in like a week. Hmm. So it's definitely a good time. And honestly, beyond that, I haven't really been doing too much. Just been kind of hanging out. We went to the Ren Fair this last weekend. My parents came into town. It's... College football season, so I'm always rooting for my fight in Irish, even though they lost to Ohio State last weekend. I'm actually in a fantasy football league with Heath. We do uh, Hideous Tomfoolery Fantasy League. Yeah. Um, and we did our draft last weekend. But it's like we were normally doing eight teams, mm-hmm. which still created some like really strong fantasy teams because a lot of times the league will be like 10 to 14. Sure, sure. Um, but this time we have six and our teams are oh. so stacked. It's ridiculous. And, and it just kind of happened in the way that like one of Heath's buddies that doesn't listen to either show kind of dropped off. And we had like one other person that was iffy. So we were like, well, if we we don't necessarily need like we can have these really strong teams and have a really fun season. It's just going to be Clash of the Titans. So yeah, it really is going to be just one of the most fun fantasy seasons because everybody's just got a stacked roster and it's going to be really fun. But James from uh, Wheeler Well is in that. Oh, hi James, we love you. As well as a couple other wonderful folks. So that'll be really fun. I'm really looking forward to that. I just, I enjoy it. I don't usually play in a ton of leagues every year, but I always enjoy that league. And so between that and college football, I'm enjoying my weekends. Just I, I like that part of fall. I, I don't really follow too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't watch like every game, but I just enjoy having that as like a fallback activity on like a Saturday afternoon or sure. you know, a Sunday. So I'm excited for that. Nice, man. Well, a lot's been happening on my end, too. Recently, my laptop died, so <laughs> I upgraded to this sweet laptop that you actually found me it was on bestbuy.com and it's it's fucking rad it's so cool i'm excited i've never had a laptop that can do pc gaming before so to have the power to do that is really going to open up the possibilities for me that i'm really excited for that's just kind of a you know to be continued type of what i've been up to thing right now because i'm going to be discovering a lot of cool stuff some of the stuff that i have gotten into I found a movie on Netflix called The Forgotten Battle, and it's crazy to me. And I think this is just indicative of how much content is thrown at us as like streaming content consumers these days, that there is a World War II movie that came out that has like the budget and action of Saving Private Ryan and like a couple years ago, and I've never heard of it. It's phenomenal. It tells the story of the liberation of the Netherlands in World War II and follows three different storylines. There's someone on the Allied side, a soldier fighting for the Nazis, and then somebody who lives in the Netherlands that is like a civilian. And how all their stories come together in the end is like kind of beautiful. The action is phenomenal. And it was crazy. Like, I got to the end of the movie and. I realized that like, oh, 
these people had really compelling story arcs and this wasn't just like warfare porn. Right. It was like they actually were really, really well-constructed characters and it came together in a really sweet way. So if anybody does like a good war movie or just like a good movie with high budget and high stakes, I would very strongly suggest to check out The Forgotten Battle. It's really good. What else am I doing? I am almost done with a new Batman comic book called Batman the Imposter, which is phenomenal. The art is incredible. The story's awesome. It feels very, very much like it could fit into the Batman cinematic universe, the the R-Pats Batman, of course. And that's how I measure all Batman stuff yeah. now, like how well it fits in is directly proportional. play during that one? 100%. Griff, it's so moody. Um <laughs> but I love it. It's so good. It's not long either. It's like three kind of longer issues put together. You could probably read it in a couple hours. Totally worth your time. I'm playing Far Cry 6, which incredible. The setting is in a fictional country that is in no way, shape or form Cuba. <laughs> it's like, a, oh, in the 60s, a Caribbean island was blockaded by the Americans for uh cooperating with the Soviets and they're they haven't had imports since then and like there was a American sponsored insurrection that was put down at a beach like this is Cuba guys come on <laughs> but it is Bacon Cove <laughs> even more so than Far Cry 5 it really does feel like I am living in an action movie it's so cool there's some stuff that it just does like really well it's a really slick game but like there are things that this attention to detail that makes it a lot of fun. Like when you heal your character in combat, the animations for healing yourself are awesome and kind of goofy. So like well, you'll hit the button to heal and your character will pull out a lit stogie, take a puff and then like smash it down on a wound to cauterize it or like take out a roll of duct tape and roll it around a wound or something. All of the the healing animations are cool and interesting, which I really like. And then in like, not a weird like NRA way, but like they do the guns really cool. Like there's a million different guns and there are uh, awesome camouflages for each one, all different sorts of attachments and you have access to lots of them. So if you want, like when we were talking about action movies in a zone of truth question, several zones of truth ago now, it's like, Sometimes your enjoyment of an action movie is directly proportional into how awesome the weaponry is. And the weaponry in this game is just like five stars. It's really cool. Have, you ever, fun. have you ever seen the guy that does the videos where he like takes a mundane piece of household equipment and like loads and unloads it? Like yes. A, kind of realistically like, like a gun. Yeah. yeah. Like he'll take like a vacuum cleaner mm -hmm. and he like like unclips the, the, <laughs> the dust chamber or whatever. <laughs> I love those videos. They're yeah. so good. They're really well. I don't I don't know how he gets that like first person perspective, but he even does the like breathing. Yeah, like, the little movement. Move, little yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, And then, of course, I'm back on my bullshit. So I started season six of True Blood and I'm about two thirds of the way through Midnight Sun and loving it. All right. Um, <laughs> Griffin, are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay, so last zone of truth, we sampled a seltzer pack from a new contender. Cross a strong word. <laughs> XED. The branding is Sesh Cocktail Meat Seltzer Pack. We talked extensively about the company and uh, how it is 
some white collar kids, trust fund boys who are making terrible, terrible seltzers. It was the worst reviewed pack in HLP Zone of Truth history. The average for the pack was below one out of five. So it was a real 0.75 pack. <laughs> when I saw there was a second pack in the grocery store, have you done this? I had to do it for the live show. And here we are, Seltzer Pack 2. <sighs> Before we actually taste the seltzers, I have an excerpt from brewbound.com about the second pack. You, you want to go back and forth on these bullets? Or? That's exactly what I was about to suggest. So here we go. Innovation is at the core of everything we do. And we always intended to build Sesh beyond the initial four drinks, says Crossed Beverage co-founder Ezekiel Bronfman. After establishing a strong following and demand around the first four flavors, we have heard our customers' requests to add new cocktails to our lineup. With the incredible velocity and rate of sale metrics we are seeing in our first four <laughs> test metrics or markets, we are incredibly excited to expand this brand with some of the best retail partners in the country. In addition to Sesh's current distribution in Illinois, New Jersey, New York, and Ohio, it will be expanding its footprint to include Florida, Georgia, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Tennessee. Sesh is also available nationally online at drinksesh.com, although you probably shouldn't. Yeah, I'm going to talk about drinksesh.com in a minute, actually. Yeah. Um, and that paragraph <laughs> reads kind of like a threat. <laughs> the four new flavors were inspired by both co-founders Bronfman and Nate Meadows, Background and experience, the two best friends and former college roommates conceived crossed as the antidote to what the two young entrepreneurs identified as lacking in the alcohol industry. Bronfman, carrying out his family legacy of spirit giants, developed a refined taste for beverages early on and yearned for a beverage with authentic and robust flavors. Meadow, a star athlete and type 1 diabetic, sought for a robust tasting cocktails without the sugar, carbohydrates, or calories. I can't. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. As homage to the seven and sevens Bronfman grew up enjoying with his grandfather. Wonder how young he was. God damn it, you, I was, I was, I, I was going to do that joke. Crossed as a whiskey soda. Meadow has always been a fan of a mimosa, but as a diabetic, he's never been able to have sugar and orange juice. Sesh's mimosa flavor is the first mimosa with zero sugar and just one carbohydrate, but still without compromising on the flavor. We'll see. The spicy mango margarita provides a mouth-watering mango juice profile and is layered with a distinct jalapeno spice, along with a hint of raspada tequila, while the whiskey ginger tastes just how an Irish whiskey and ginger is expected to taste. Doubt. <laughs> so, okay, hold on before we... Bronfman grew up enjoying... Bronfman is 21 years old. Yes. 22. Okay, he was born in 2000. <laughs> Yeah, grew he, up enjoying grew up. these seven and sevens. So I think I think this is where we kind of split into uh, the liquor legacy mm -hmm. that they're talking about is that Bronfman's grandfather like owned Seagram's. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what we're beating around what, the bush One of the worst fucking liquors in the world. I used to drink Seagram's gin in college just because it was the cheapest gin. Yeah. His yeah. Seven and, uh, seven and seven is a boomer drink for a reason because they haven't had a refined palate or haven't had anything good past the war. Haley, you're going to say something about the grandfather? Grandfather's pretty bad, right? <laughs> pretty, bad. pretty bad grandfather. I thought I thought that was the case. Is that not the case? I think one of his... Well, yeah, if he's fucking, like, dipping his finger into his seven and seven and giving it to his newborn grandson, then yeah, sure. He has <laughs> a pretty bad grandfather. I also, you know... Let's shut this little... <laughs> I'm, I may, you know, end up with my foot in my mouth here, but, like, could this Meadow dude not have found a sugar-free orange juice? 
Like to say that I he's never tried an uh, orange absolutely. juice. The dude has been type one diabetic his whole life. I'm sure he has found a substitution for fucking orange juice. I, I was going to say, is there one? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. So maybe I'm going to sound like an asshole there, but no, like, I don't, I don't, no, think, I don't I, think I will. I legitimately, I didn't, I don't know if there is one though. Like if you want an actual orange juice. Huh? Because here's the thing is they're all going to be like no added sugar. How did he know he liked mimosas if he could never drink them? Okay. Well, I didn't ask for that. Okay. Well, I'm asking. Wait a second. Yeah. How is he how always the fuck been is he like, a I've always fan. loved mimosas. I've also always been a type one diabetic. So, and I'm also moderation. only, I'm you also only one moderation. year past the age where I'm legally allowed to drink. I see what you're saying there, Haley, but he says has never been able to have the sugar and orange juice. I don't know. I'm calling some bullshit here. I, th- I, I, just, I, I feel like they're using his diabetes as a marketing ploy. Yes, that's what I'm getting to. That is ultimately that is what I'm getting to. Yeah. That's what's happening. Because I found reference to the type 1 diabetes stuff in every single public-facing comment that has come from this this, this fucking well, so like, brand. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Type 1 diabetes is, you know, does suck. But, like, don't use it as you... <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, don't... Don't use it to make your seltzers holier than thou. Especially when most seltzers don't have sugar in them either. Anyway, so I'm here minding my own business. I'm drinksesh.com, and I see something that really piques my interest. Interested in joining the Sesh Ambassador Program? (laughs) And I said, absolutely. No, you did not. So I clicked on there and got a 404 air. (laughs) Oh. Then I saw interested in a career with Sesh, and I was like, absolutely. Clicked on it, 404 air. (laughs) Then I was like, okay, well, at least I can settle for signing up for the marketing list, which I signed up for three days ago. No communications yet. Not even a hello. (laughs) Not even a thanks for signing up email. But there is a robust use of the website statement legalese on there. So don't worry, that link works. And then finally, if you go under the crossed actual corporate website i looked for other brands that fall under the umbrella and there's a lot of ominous coming soons so just get ready griff (laughs) anyway we delayed for far too long four flavors mimosa spicy mango margarita whiskey soda whiskey ginger uh how are we gonna rate these well we're gonna rate these on the scale of things i saw when i opened my trash can while creating this agenda so one out of five is a used kleenex Two is the skin from an onion. Three is coffee grounds. Four is empty cotton candy flavored bang can. And five is the packing material from my new laptop. So we should get started, shouldn't we? We have to. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to do these in order or is there anyone we want to save? I was burned last time, so I have no idea what's going to be decent. Why don't we just... All right. Take them as we come. Mimosa. Yep. You want to kick this off? Sure. Brunch is wherever you want it to be with this daytime favorite. A rush of fresh and citrusy OJ meets bubbly and bright champagne for a taste like sunshine in a can. Whether or not it's bottomless is up to you. Does it say anything different on the can? I don't think they have fun stuff on the can. Although the cans are very pretty. I will give them that. I love the cans. Their cans are very pretty every time. But no, I don't think there's anything special on there. There's a government warning. Don't worry, they are gluten-free. So, uh, Haley, we're going to go ahead and pass these over your way when we're done. Ooh, two sips from Griff. Got to think about it for a minute. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ow. Ow? Did it harm you? It's just needlessly, harshly citrus. I could feel the heartburn immediately. 
Okay. Give her a sip. Yeah. I can actually drink this one. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I will say compared to anything in pack number one, that yeah, is that's, that's miles better over that's pack one. Horrible aftertaste. I mean, it's, yeah, it sucks really, really bad. bad. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to give that a skin from an onion. That's exactly where my yeah. head was, Griff. Skin from an onion. It's really Two not. Out of five. It's really not good. But and I've had probably five better like orange flavored <laughs> seltzers, <laughs> but like well, it doesn't actively taste like dog shit, I guess. The aftertaste is like... The aftertaste is really bad. No, yeah. the aftertaste, this this is really reminiscent of when, like, college kids want to have, like, kegs and eggs, and then they also want to have a mimosa option with oh, the kegs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone accidentally goes, oh, we're out of champagne. Let's oh my do God, beer this is, and orange this juice. Is the, this is the hamosa. This is the, close to that hamosa. That let me, let it has a beer aftertaste. Yeah. And it it's really got the same made, aftertaste it, as the hamosa. It honestly made my skin crawl because like beer will make me sick. And I had mm. that feeling. It's like it tastes exactly like I don't think we were very favorable towards the hamosa. No, we were we were pretty rough no. on that. Okay. Um, this is this is the one that has the most promise, I think. Spicy mango margarita. Start with a tropical burst of rich, fresh mango, then a hint of jalapeno heat, and finally a bite of tequila to finish. Yeah, this beachside beverage will take you on a journey, and you might want to pack a swimsuit. Could be highest risk, highest reward here. Yeah. I don't know, because, like, they made an individual pack of that, but they also made an individual pack of the Paloma, which was literally like drinking underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fucking god. That's... That's different. That's different. <laughs> Are you okay? Smell this. I don't think the I smell, want to. The smell is, is something else. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> what? Why would they make that an individual pack? <laughs> All right. It smells very weird. Yeah, like really bad. Like fresh so, cut grass mixed with like. So off mango is what I'm getting originally. Yeah. I'm getting like jalapeno juice. Cool. Like, it's not spicy. Like the water that like the jalapenos are in in the, in the glass jug that they come in. <laughs> it tastes like really bad fresh herbs. Like there's like that weird. It, it tastes like grass clippings and mango. There's like something about that that is like. I'm eat uh, like I'm chewing on tree bark. It's reminiscent of the same like mintiness that was in It's herbal the, it's herbal yeah. in the wrong way. It's herbal in the wrong way. I mean I that was better what than that, that for sure. The, why the fuck is it herbal? It's exactly. I have no idea. Margarita. None of nothing, those things. Nothing margarita. I get like the slightest hint of mango. It definitely I get like a shot of like if I was sucking on fresh thyme. It's mango skin and herbs. That's what this it's is. Dick skin and herbs. Christ. No, it's not. That's it's, gross. It's got it. I mean, it's it's used Kleenex. Yeah, for it's me. used Kleenex it's for bad. me. I'm not breaking the Emily scale for wrote, this. Uh, so Emily wrote in here: bad spice flavors taste very green. Oh, yep. That's sure. yeah. That's what it is. That's then. what's happening. Tastes very green. All right. Tastes like She-Hulk's titty. Griffin, why? Very green. It's popular right now. Yep. Whiskey soda. 
Tell me about that. Whiskey soda, a simple yet sophisticated drink fit for every occasion. This canned classic channels a smooth flavor profile of Canadian whiskey highlighted with a sparkle of soda for a modern take on a traditional highball. Now, keep in mind when you drink this, you're thinking of Ezekiel Bronfman's childhood. I'm thinking of Ezekiel Bronfman's grandfather dipping his finger into this and hitting my baby gums. Why? Fuck, dude. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) No. Why are we doing this anymore? They're gonna need a minute. Why are we doing this anymore? This show sucks. I hate it. <laughs> Haley, you gotta, you gotta. I'm not drinking this. What type of whiskey tastes like this? I'm not doing this. Uh, uh, uh. Let me. That's the whiskey open. Ernest Hemingway drank before he blew his brains out. Griffin. <laughs> Christ, that! Oh my God. What is that? I I couldn't begin to describe the flavor. It's like sweet, and that's it. Vom- sweet vomit. It's so bad. All right, so I will. Dude, take- it tastes like amoxicillin. Amoxicillin. <laughs> specifically amoxicillin. Haley, did you open a chaser? I did. I absolutely did. After I saw Griffin almost gag, I opened a chaser. Yes. Christ. Griffin, you look scarred. It's not right at all. There's nothing right about it. It's like Paloma level for me. Yeah, it is. It's right down there with Paloma. It doesn't. That. What was worse in your trash can than he used Kleenex? I think you got to get creative with it. Oh, that was a hard gag from Haley. Maybe the hardest I've seen during this segment. Oh, yeah, she's not doing great. It's worse so, than yeah, one. You it's just worse than to, a one. It definitely it, it's is. It's definitely worse than that. I would drink this all day compared to that. Uh, yeah, I would drink the full pack of the mango before fucking I touch that again. I don't know. A used Kleenex with blood in it that you don't know where that came from. Point uh, 0.5 out of five. Yeah, I, because I guess. Because I don't it's know. liquid? Because yeah. it's a liquid? A whiskey That's, ginger has to be better no, than there's, a whiskey it, they're soda, gonna fuck right? They're going to this up, too. Well... A Prohibition-era staple that never goes out of style, this time-honored cocktail blends the flavor of a refined Irish whiskey, you, you know, the Irish sure Prohibition, be refined, uh, with the warm spice of ginger for a complex yet familiar taste. Good in the 1920s, even better in the 2020s. And I read this yesterday, and I thought to myself, I see this shit all the time, and I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. People romanticizing booze from the Prohibition era. Just because something was drank a hundred years ago when it was illegal doesn't mean it was good. Like, I don't know why people, and this is not just crossed sesh cocktail meat seltzers. I don't know why that's like something that people are proud of. Like, booze sucked back then. Look, it's, it's, it's... When Bronfman's grandfather was, it's when he was born and when his grandfather gave him whiskey. Yeah, I guess. Here we go. Let's see if it's better in the 2020s. I'm like still trying to recover. How are you guys okay? Haley, because we had the whole fucking pack last time. I'm always retching. That's my secret. Well, Steve, you really swish that around your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. If you didn't like the last one. Congratulations, it's basically the same. 
I'm not doing it. I can't. I, uh, I will. Um. Got to hit it, Ginger. It's like. very marginally better than the last one and only because of that little hit of ginger yeah uh what 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 is this what was the thought here that like because in the last pack there weren't two on the same hard liquor base right there was gin and tonic paloma spearmint and uh whatever the other fucking what's the liquor in a mojito is that rum yeah but these, they were so confident in their fake whiskey taste that they doubled down for whiskey soda well, and whiskey honestly, ginger. Well, honestly, yeah, like, <sighs> failed hard. Christ. Yeah, I do agree that I would take this over the whiskey soda, but, I mean, I gave that one a .5. This is a point six. Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, it's still just not like a one. It's just like... Photo finish between the a, two. It's still appalling. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't... I don't know how you can take this product to market. Expand the market. Like 300% from four to 12 states. I guess, yeah, you got to put it in like fucking Florida where they don't have taste buds. Like, I I don't know. Did you strategically pick the states for people with least teeth? I can't imagine a person with normal taste buds buys either of these packs a second time. So... To be clear, are you guys rating this one overall higher than the last one? This pack is better than the last pack yeah. because of these two. That is true. The first two drinks were better than anything. They were better than the, the top two in the in the other pack, yeah. And I, I mean, don't... this is still a one, but it's better than the mint mojito shit, which I think was the best one last time. But like these I <laughs> these are down there with the Paloma, so yeah, this is a joke-ass pack. I um, mean, overall, this probably gets a one, right? Across the board, yeah, I think we average out at about a one, maybe slightly below. I I don't know. I don't know how averages work. At least I'm not doing it in my head. Anyway, that was our ranking of all these seltzers. Griffin, would you drink these seltzers with Zeke Bronfman's grandfather? Hey, we do have uh, the average for the pack. Someone did the math. Oh, thank oh, you. Good. Yeah. Uh, 1.025. Perfect. Oh, huge improvement over the last one. <laughs> yeah. um, I would use these to swallow down the cyanide pill that me and Zeke Bronfman's grandfather have to consume to finish the bloodline. Yeah, I would uh, drink all four of these with Zeke Bronfman's grandfather and make him match and then make him drink them. Exactly. And be like, this is what your seed has wrought. Remember what a seven and seven is? This is what your grandson made. This is a seven and semen. Mm hmm. Hey, so like anybody else's stomach's still pretty torn. Yeah, yeah, this Guess is bad. What? Here we go. All right, we got to divide all, them up. Yeah, okay. Well, um, needless to say, we have these a, two a two and two. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty easy pairing. So which one? Oh, God, Jesus Christ. This is like Russian roulette with six full chambers. <laughs> <laughs> they are on. I know, I guess. <laughs> So I had that horrible feeling of after I drank the whiskey soda, that like horrible when like just saliva starts to gather in your mouth. Yep. The the precursor to puke. Yep. (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) There's no winners here. No, there aren't. (laughs) Flip a coin or something, I guess. (laughs) All right. Odd or even, Steve. Uh, Odd. If you win, you get these two. If you lose, you get those two. Odd. Okay. It's odd. It's seven. 
Sweet. I got mimosa and this can of absolute trash whiskey soda. I mean, I got grass clippings and <laughs> butt vomit. I'm saving the mimosa. That's something I get to work into. I can't even. I can't even. I can't That's a little treat. A That's a little treat for me later. <laughs> Mimosa, a little treat, a little tasty snack. So, uh, it's been said in the chat here, uh, you don't have to drink them, do wow. you? Wow. Mm. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> People are reminding I'm you that like these cans can be dumped. I'm getting like a savory note in this one, which I didn't nope. notice before, and I don't like it. Griffin and I made a pact. We were going to finish all 12 today. Yep. All right, here comes a segment that I'm sure we're not going <laughs> to stumble this through. Is pact? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, right. I'm angry and opinionated now. Good. Now I have to drink these. All right. This is a new segment because you all voted for random slash mystery segment. We're calling this one Power Rank Kill. So... On this edition, a brand new smash hit segment. I'm calling my shot here. Power Rank Kill. Class is in session. In Power Rank Kill, Griffin and I are going to take on all current Pathfinder 2E classes and discuss their pros and cons, creating a tiered list. Notably, we are grading all of the Pathfinder 2E current classes using tierlists.com. It was a user called Sleeper2E made this awesome tier list. It goes S tier is the highest, A plus, A minus, B plus, B minus, C plus, C minus, and F. We are collaborating. So Griffin and I are going to be collaborating on one list. We're going to post this list later. And the way that we are ranking the Pathfinder 2E, I got so much spit in my mouth. <laughs> Pathfinder 2E classes I can't blame you is not on mechanical, mathematical excellence. It is going to be on fulfilling the promise of the premise of what they're trying to achieve. So power fantasies and fun and being able to play out what you are expecting to play. So if I'm trying to play a barbarian, a big strong man, does playing a barbarian fulfill that fantasy? Mm -hmm. Yep. Let's do it. All right. Um, God, there's so many classes. Have you, have you moved over to the tier list? Yeah. Yes, we are on the tier list now. You should see that on screen. Right. Obscuring the cans of Sash. Yeah, obscuring the Sash. Thank God. It's yep. probably best for everybody. So how do you want to take this? Do you want to go kind of random? Do you want to go alphabetical? How do you want to... Let's do alphabetical just to work through the list. And we do need to move at, the, at a pretty decent clip here because there's okay. a lot. Alchemist is up. So... Alchemist gets to work with all the alchemical items mm -hmm. in the system. I a lot, just, a lot of people don't like that. Too much work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, but if you're into it, you could really get into it. You know, they're kind of the ultimate crafter. It's just crafting is not a great system currently in second edition. Mm -hmm. You don't really get to like bomb. It, it kind of feels like even if you're a bomber alchemist, you don't get great proficiency in bombs yeah like you would expect for you know you'd expect at least like master proficiency in in throwing your bombs to be a bomber alchemist by the same token something like a surgeon does healing well it doesn't really like super outpace a ton of the other healing options it's just a way to do it kind of mundane and what i think is a bit of a bummer if you go that route is that the non-magical healing options that are just in 2e are really strong mm -hmm. and so it doesn't like you are stronger you than those yeah. don't get me wrong but it just doesn't it you doesn't feel it. fantastically like like it's worth your whole class concept to do i'm gonna give them a c plus i think 
Interesting. I, yeah, I think I, that's that's where I would land. I think we'll probably land somewhere between where both of our scores are, but I think the items are there. There's a lot mechanically that they get to do. There's a plethora of options, but like if you think about what the fantasy of an alchemist is, it has completely changed from first edition to second edition, and I think for a lot of people it's changed to the worst to just being yes. like an item crafter. Yes, I don't disagree with that. I actually was initially planning on putting it a little lower on the totem pole. I was thinking maybe that C minus spot, because if you do want to get into crafting, there's a lot you can do with it. You can make all sorts of stuff. You can be a vending machine for your party. And some people really, really like that. But right, but is that the alchemist power? Exactly. Fantasy? It's not. And I think inherently we're going to draw a lot of comparisons to first edition but like i love playing an alchemist in first edition because i can just throw bombs and make the whole room explode can't really do that quite as well right but like the alchemist discoveries in first edition are a lot more like oh i level two i grew a tentacle (laughs) yes i don't think that you know granted i'm not i'm not a master of the alchemist feat list by any means but i don't think you get anything that flavorful that early i would argue that we should drop this into c minus yeah i think i think you're i think you're fine with that yeah okay because now now that's why like those discoveries are so fucking cool and unique and interesting Mm. there's no class like it in first edition let's talk barbarian okay so barbarian i think huge improvement from the first edition barbarian is the fact that you have the instincts yes that uh, just really make the build of a barbarian very versatile but one thing that i think is left out is that the rage trait really limits a barbarian Mm. uh in a way that i don't know that was completely necessary i think a barbarian fulfills the big damage fantasy it has the two-handed weapon you know locked down especially with like the giant instinct and that kind of thing can really do a lot of cool, almost magical things that really feed off of the idea that rage is almost this magical property, which Mm -hmm. I think wasn't as fleshed out in first edition. It was more like rage powers. And I just think overall, like if you want to smash shit, like barbarians, your class, you're you're getting extra damage from a bunch of other things. There's a ton of cool things that you can go into, but I think that rage trade is really limiting. And I think for a fighter to get better proficiency than you and thus crit a bunch more leads them to like be scaling with you on damage even though you have that extra damage and rage doesn't really give you like as much mechanical i I know that's kind of by virtue of 2e's design but it doesn't give you as much of a mechanical boost as it did in first edition so it doesn't actually like feel as especially if like you're a fury barbarian it doesn't really feel as much like you're Okay, I got I got stronger. I got like more constitution. I'm like, you, you get temporary hit points. It's kind of like, all right, it's kind of unchained barbarian. I'm gonna give it an A minus. Yeah, I think that's where I want to put it too. I know Chris really loves playing his, but there's times when he's just like, I don't think it makes sense to rage. And I think that's all you should want it's to like, do. Yeah, exactly. That should be the top in, of your list if you're a barbarian. As a barbarian, I want to rage. Like, it, yeah. wow, the drawbacks to rage are so much that I don't know that I want to rage. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there's there's a like you said, a lot of really, really cool stuff you can do. I love the different instincts. I would love to see more of them. Mm-hmm. The giant ones, awesome. You can grow and use big weapons and shit. I love animal I, instinct. I think yeah, that's animal instinct's awesome. Instinct. You're basically like a shifter at that point. Yeah. Even though it's not super special, I love that there just is a rage instinct that's just flat, nothing special about it. If that, you just fury, right? Is that the oh, fury, one? fury, yes. And it's just like, okay, a, a player like one of us maybe might overlook that. But if you have somebody coming into the game that knows nothing, it's just like, like it is as vanilla as it can come. And 
yeah, sure, we might not gravitate towards that, but I think it's important to have. Yeah. And yeah, an option think, like, just spirit like, yeah. instinct is really cool because it just like takes it in a different almost like inquisitor direction. Yeah, I'm comfortable throwing it at A minus. Next up is Bard. Yeah, Bard's I mean, Bard Bard's is the awesome. ultimate buffing class. The occult spell list is phenomenal into mm-hmm. E bringing them up to a 10th level caster, full caster amazing yep so much versatility this in play or just in promise of the premise is an s tier class for me i absolutely i think i think bard is the biggest improvement to a class they made in second edition and that's saying something because bard was fun in one e yeah it was great they executed it really well there's a bunch of different types of bards and you have the different muses which i think i i really like because that's something that i don't think got too much love in first edition a lot of times when you ask somebody who's playing a bard in first edition, where do you get your powers from? They're like, fuck if I know. I went but to like, college. Right. They actually kind of explain it in second edition. It's S tier. The plus ones mean so much more. So like inspire courage works super well. Let's talk about champion. Uh, champion for me is also S tier. Really? Yeah. Champion is they have finally created something that actually feels like you can mechanically play a tank in a game where tanking doesn't work because it's not an MMO. Yeah. They've finally created something that can like reaction mitigate damage from its allies, reaction like take on it's just that and how tanky it is itself because of the heavy armor, legendary proficiency, the way that they utilize focus spells almost better than certain casters. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal class. I think I yeah. think they only added to it by adding the tenets of evil and adding that stuff, but there's so much options because you have every alignment aside from the neutral ones to play with and every deity and all these domains and you can get so many different focus spells uh, to use. You can heal, you can mitigate damage. You can make your enemies, you know, go to their knees. Like there's so many cool things. I think the class is perfectly set up to change a paladin from this one trick pony in first edition to this any alignment thing. Yeah. and it's it's just it's dope it's great i loved seeing laura from wheeler woe played an awesome champion like you said yeah it actually works as a tank Mm -hmm. and does a really damn good job of it there's not much more i need to add to this let's throw it up in s tier let's go cleric half of a cleric is a trap option with war priest yes absolutely true i don't like the new alignment restrictions for deities i don't like that you just get more heal spells and don't get like your channel thing. Yeah. And I know like heal three action is effectively like a channel, but I just, and maybe it's because um, it feels super bland to me. I'm stuck on first edition, uh, their version of a cleric. It feels a little blander. I don't love how they did the channeling and the divine Divine spell is not that great. Uh, Uh, As C plus for me. I can't argue with that. I, I wouldn't give it C minus or lower. I don't think. No, it's I, I mean, it's still full caster. It's still got, you know, all the flavor that goes along with worshiping a deity and whatever. But all right, Druid. Um, I think Druid has a lot of options in this edition. I think the primal spell list is really good. They have the best animal companion progression in the game. Animal companions are really strong feeling in this edition, which actually makes like investing in them feel valuable. You look at Figgy and like that is like a core component of the party through level five. Full casting on the primal list is super strong. All of the orders feel very unique Mm -hmm. and cool. Uh, You can wade into combat with wild shape and actually be effective. In 2E, what do we have? B plus. 
yeah. type of thing. B plus for me. B plus, sure. I'll take your word on it. Don't know a lot about druids. Fighter. I think I think they did a fucking awesome job. Fight, with fighter fighter is so much better than it was in first edition. Yeah. The proficiency scaling makes you really feel powerful. Feats are awesome. Um, but, you know, one thing I will say about fighter that I don't like that I think almost every other class has is that, like, there's some differentiating factor at the beginning of almost every other class, mm -hmm. wh whether it be the instincts for barbarian or the focuses for ranger. And fighter doesn't have any of that. <laughs> so it's really just like, what feats did you pick and what weapon are you using? But I do find myself saying in almost every character concept I make, wow, a fighter would do this better, though. I think that in and of itself has to put them in at least a plus, at least a plus, even though that they don't have some sort of like instinct or something to differentiate yeah, them. I a subclass. So. I think so. I think hmm. the, the fact that you could be a better gunslinger than a gunslinger as a fighter is like they are truly the master of combat. Yeah, it is the I'll, best class. That in is true. Combat. That is true. We'll throw it in there. And speaking of Gunslinger, Gunslinger's up next. Gunslinger gets a uh, C minus for me. C minus. Uh, to have half of your options be, in order to do your cool Gunslinger thing, you have to wade into combat with a melee weapon that we're going to force you to have worse proficiency that, in. That is um, preposterous. That fucks with the power fantasy of a Gunslinger. It sucks. I hate it. I really think like guns are just okay. In the setting, um, without the touch AC thing, like just having them be fatal and then have the higher proficiency in them, it's like I, I don't feel like I'm a better gunslinger as a gunslinger than I do as a fighter, which is a shame. And I think all but two of the ways suck. So yeah, yeah, I C you, minus. You def you definitely feel like you're pigeonholed into like pistol arrow or something. Th I think the like, stuff is just like flashy dumb feats too. Half the feats yeah. are just like, oh cool, I really need to like do a gunslinger's like jump over stuff with my gun. Like fuck that. It's just not. It doesn't it's make you feel like fun. a gunslinger. It's stuff that can be fun for flavor, but doesn't work too well in practicality. Right. And it. I don't know. This feels like shitty to say, but it feels like it. I read those feats and be like, wow, this would be like a lot of fun in like 5e. Like this was just would fit like that type of a game much better. Right. It's like, cool. I have thing that I'm going to use in every combat. And it's <laughs> yeah, I am playing one in our reign of winter game. I'm doing way of the sniper and it's a which little bit one of, of the two good ways, which is one of the two good ways. Yep. And even so, I feel like it's a little bit of a challenge to make work, but it really does force me to uh, understand the terrain a lot and have fun with that. I don't think this class is bad, but I just I, there there needs to be more ways. Just, and until if we're it, thinking promise of the premise, yes. more than half of the class doesn't allow you to just like be good at guns. If you don't want to play that like hide in the trees sniper or the like roll into the western town pistol arrow gunslinger trope, then you're fucked. There's yeah. nothing else fun for you there. I'm fine with C minus inventor. I don't know anything about Inventor. Uh, Inventor you can, you can is it. almost purely melee. They focus on crafting. It really feels like the intent of it was supposed to be like Artificer, and they're just like a melee character that gets a situational focus point and uh, crafting. They're F tier for me. I've <laughs> I read through the class. I know Haley has a ton of fun with it in Malevolence. It's very fun to listen to. I've read through it. I don't know what role they're supposed to fill well. Right. I, I just, I, I think it's bad that. for the promise of the premise it mm -hmm. is not what an inventor should be to me investigator now Invest promise on the premise for investigator i think they do a great job yeah investigator is so gm dependent though mm -hmm. to, to have any fun with it's c plus for me 
if you have a like very lenient GM, they're very fucking fun. If you have a very strict GM, they're very fucking not. Yeah, I maintain that if you are going to take an intelligence based fighter and not fighter in like capital F class fighter, mm-hmm. but, you know, like someone who wants to fight using their intelligence. It's awesome. It's really cool that like the stratagem thing is just interesting. It's cool flavor. All of the feats that help you uncover mysteries can be very, very, very fun. But the of fact course, that you're very, very, very is is asterisk on your exact point. The, the fact that your GM can crush your action economy just by saying like, well, I don't know that this is close enough to your lead. Mm-hmm. They just shouldn't make mechanics like that. I yeah. don't like that. I don't like that about mechanics. So that's where I would put it. C plus monk. Wait, is that next? No, Magus. <laughs> oh, fuck. Magus is a plus for me. Bordering on S, it blends magic and melee so fucking perfectly that I didn't think I would like the bounded casting system when I looked at it, and it works really well. Cantrip system just works so well for Magus as well to be able to do that extra damage. You know, if you want that rotation of just like, I'm, I'm doing this huge burst damage with these big spells, it feels so much better than trying to be a blaster caster, and it just works. And I love the different ways that you can play Omegas too. I mean, they're all very different. Got to give it an A plus for me. You know what? I'm going to throw that on there. A plus. Let's lock that in because you're playing one and can vouch for it. I've seen it played a couple in a couple different uh, in a a couple. uh, Jesus Christ. This fucking whiskey soda sucks so much Uh, (laughs) in a couple different games that I've played in and everybody has loved it and everybody has really enjoyed the flavor. I think you could make an argument to kick it into S tier, but it can go no lower than A plus. Yeah. It's awesome. You can make an argument if like Bard wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Bard is so good. All right, Monk. Uh, you know, I think I think we don't have anyone in B minus. I think Monk hits right in the middle. Absolutely. Um, and I think what I really want from Monk is more legendary say like I want them to be legendary at every say. I, I yeah. there's just something about they, that class that I like I they want start, them to they start really strong. Mm-hmm. They have like expert proficiency in every save, but it never gets as high as you want it to be. Yeah, I think only I think, maybe one of their saves gets legendary. I can't remember. Now remind me, I think they don't ever get legendary unarmed proficiency either. I think that's true. And and that's like <laughs> I mean, it's a monk, man. Like, yeah. it just, it makes if, sense. If for they it, don't I, get I, legendary unarmed, who does? Nobody, right. fighter does. They shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't. That's bullshit. Right. I mean, that that's why it's annoying. But like, just monk is so strong for laying down status effects in yeah. combat. For lay, like, if you want to be an athletic fighter, like, look no further. Like, great, great a monk with offer, athletics, yeah. a monk with you, you get that stunning fist going, you get that flurry going, and you have so many other actions, you get the fast movement, and you can just move around the battlefield, still hit twice, and then run over and heal somebody or so, like with, with uh, Doctor's Visitation or something. Like, you have so many options, and they are a really fast-paced fighter. I just think that there's, like, certain aspects of them that I just, I wish I didn't, like, constantly lean to, well, a fighter could do that or, like, uh, you know, Animal Instinct barbarian can kind of grab better or whatever like i want them to be the king of something Mm -hmm. and it feels like they're not aside from maybe movement speed well talking about the king of mechanics in pathfinder 2e oracle is up next uh oracle is super flavorful i think you can really only have fun playing like two of the mysteries. Yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> that's true. That's my personal opinion, but like life Oracle is the pinnacle of healing and the most fun you can have as a healer in second edition, in my opinion. 
When I started playing Vec, I was like, oh no, these low levels, like I'm not good at healing. I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not good enough to justify how much of this class is dedicated towards healing. But then, boy, these last couple levels have really opened up. I'm having so much fun with it. It's all I want to do. The Life Oracle mystery is fun as fuck. It, if this were just just like Oracle, Oracle, I would S-tier. almost say, yeah, I'd I, say I like, would throw it there. It almost it's deserves so cool. just the S tier up with the other things because it, the promise of that premise is mm-hmm. so strong. But then you get to stuff like Flames Oracle. The premise is you should be a blaster, and then you're stuck with the divine casting list, and it doesn't have any blasty spells unless you take divine access. You don't get anything good. There, there's an Oracle that dropped in Dark Archive that people are like, "This the, is the, the most. Time? This is like the most mechanically inferior yeah, the thing of Oracle all time." Is like it, we talk about trap options in One E. There are only a couple that are like mechanically inferior in Two E. That's certainly one. Time Oracle. That sounds awesome. It sounds dope. It doesn't fulfill that promise. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think Oracle as a whole, I mean, it's hard. Life Oracle is great. Everything else is kind of mediocre or bad. You so. liked your Flames one, right? You did a Flames one on Yeah, but pod. what I just told you was, like, it doesn't yeah. fulfill that promise. I had to, like, do a bunch of stuff and get divine access just so I could like actually do fire damage. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Like C plus? I don't know. I think Uh, C minus. C minus. Yeah. If it weren't for life Oracle, it'd be F for sure. Yeah. Psychic. Um, Oh my God. Psychic is cool. Promise of of the premise. It's very hard to raise. I mean, so good. I I think this might be an A minus for me. I think mm-hmm. there's so much good about a psychic and just the master of focus spell cantrip casting. Uh, I mean, you just look at this. The 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 choices you make with a psychic are cooler than any other class, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just like, well, I really want to dig into this. Cool, there's an option for you. Oh, you want to change up like how you cast? And it, it's all there. And yeah, you get less spells, but. I mean, they do focus points really well. Yeah. And like the focus point better. regeneration yeah. is really good. I mean, they're just neat and I really like them. I two I, different, I, very different flavorful keystone abilities. Your intelligence psychics versus your charisma psychics. Mm-hmm. Very different. Mm-hmm. Would love to see a wisdom one, but, um, yeah, boy, somebody made it on infinite. It's there. Ooh, I think, I think Louise Loza made it on infinite. So oh, it's like cool. kind of so like pseudo as legit right? as you can. That's yeah, about as legit as you can get. I um, think a minus is where I'd put it. I don't sure. think it's like. I think the the issue with it is that the unleashed psyche is is really cool, but mm. it's not as you know. It's really keyed to being a blaster. Yeah. So if you have another concept for a psychic, it doesn't really work as well, and it is kind of punishing, like rage. All right, ranger. I know where I want to put this. I played one in the slithering. It sucked. I didn't have any fun. I, I had very, I had a lot of fun in, in the slithering so, playing that game because Chris was GMing and it was good time. But like, I don't know. There was nothing that I was doing that was fun. Jack of all trades, master of none is really the the Rangers kind of that you vouch for it, and then it's their downfall. I mean, you want an animal companion Ranger, you're going to be two levels behind a druid with an animal companion. That sucks. You want to be, you know, an archer. You're worse than a fighter at it. You want to hit with a bunch of stuff. You go flurry. That's sometimes good. If you do two weapons, you might be as good as a, you might. I think that eventually, like, mathematically beats out a fighter for damage. But, like, (laughs) your action economy is really constrained with hunt prey. And if you're using an animal companion, which is the optimal way to play a ranger, I mean, you don't have to. But, like, 
then you're using two of your actions in the first turn, and it just really feels like there's not a lot of opportunity for flexibility in combat. You're kind of set in a route, and we'll talk about that with Swashbuckler as well, but, you know, snare crafting kind of sucked at the beginning. They didn't even have focus spells and stuff when the game was released. Mm -hmm. So, like, you you couldn't even be, like, a first edition ranger that had, like, a little bit of magic. I'm throwing this on F tier, unless you really want to vouch for something beyond I, you know, I, Like I, what, what does it do that makes you excited? Literally nothing. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I feel that. I mean, they, you yeah. know, they, they get some like wildernessy stuff, but yeah. Rogue. I think Rogue kills it in this edition. I, I've notoriously A plus said, Rogue. Uh, I've notoriously said on a zone of truth, like three or four or something. Fuck rogues. Um, Second edition rogue is great. Second edition rogue so is, is so much fun. Um, yeah, Different I mean, there, ability it, scores. It, it's hard to uh, say too much about box. too much about rogue. It's just like the the amount of different ways to get flat footed now just really makes yeah. a rogue fun. Sorcerer, uh, you know, sorcerer. There's not a ton of stellar stuff going for a sorcerer. I just think the bloodlines and the fact that you can be any tradition really make a sorcerer feel much more like a. Like it didn't it didn't feel right to get your powers from like demon blood in first edition and then be casting on the arcane list. I love the fact that they've considered that and swapped it around for a sorcerer. I think a sorcerer deserves like a B plus. Yeah. I was planning on putting it right in the middle there in that B range. Yeah. If you want to vouch your B plus, that's totally fine. I, I think you know, I think I think their bloodline powers are cool. They get enough in their feats that like at least allows them to empower stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like if you want to be blaster, you can do a little bit of extra damage, even though it's not optimal. So I, I think they deserve the B plus. All right, this one I think is going to be tough. Summoner, I'm playing Dude, one right now. Summoner is at least in the A tier for me. You can do so much with a summoner. Mm-hmm. It's so versatile. The fact that you can get any spell list, the fact that you're a bounded caster, but you you have some spell casting versatility, the fact that your Eidolon can do almost anything depending on what you choose. You can be a very competent frontline fighter and something else. The fact that the action economy works really well with a summoner in 2E because of the three action system really fulfills the fantasy of a pet class for me. Yeah. Like 10 out of 10 on that. I just think where it's lacking is where first edition had summoners that were like, well, I'm maybe not just the master of summoning like one thing. I can actually summon other stuff. And that's that's where I would argue that we should throw this into the A minus category, because I think they do a lot of really, really cool stuff. The action economy on a summoner is phenomenal. But read the name of the class summoner. Like it's not. It's not, I've, it's, it's have not, a I have, you're right. It's not, I have a buddy, like a magical yeah, it's not, buddy. It's not Beastmaster, like, right? It's <laughs> like, oh, something's flying away. I'm going to summon this swarm of crows to go attack it. Or someone's coming to attack me. I'm going to summon an ogre to stand in front of me. Like, nope, you just have like your companion and you do a great job with your companion. Don't get me wrong. And the companions, like, I think in this edition are like very versatile mm-hmm. and much cooler than they were in first edition. You, but like, you but do, yeah, it is one thing. You can do any, uh, I believe you can do any tradition, right? Yeah. Summoner yep. can do any mm-hmm. tradition. Awesome. Really cool. But promise the premise. You're just going to get a little higher for me and then we're good. Swashbuckler. Uh, Swashbuckler is Swashbuckly. Uh, they're right in the middle of the road for me. I think they have a very strict um, they have a very strict combat. Um, get into panache, attack with a finisher, get back into you know move, get mm-hmm. into panache, attack with a finisher. They have a rotation 
and that rotation kind of makes them boring <laughs> and like a swashbuckler is supposed to be the most exciting melee combatant in the game it's supposed to be exciting you're you're supposed to be daring and like what like cool i tumble and that gets me into panache and guess what i get to do what a rogue can do if they flank like one time and then i'm out of it like panache is this resource that just like sucks it, it gives you a little extra speed and a little extra damage while you're in it but 10 times out of 10, somebody that's playing a swashbuckler is immediately going out of panache, like using their finisher. And uh, I don't know, like, it's cool that, like, I love the idea that there's like a Bon Mo swashbuckler, like the wit and the, you know, gymnast or whatever. Gymnast is strictly worse because they have to use something that causes multiple attack penalty to like get into panache. You can see it like when Sylvie plays it as a gymnast swashbuckler. She never uses uh, combat maneuvers. She's always just using the uh, the tumble through. So <sighs> promise of the premise, it's kind of middle of the road to me, you know. I feel like there's an argument for like a C plus territory here that it's like swashbuckler should be your daring, crazy. It should be like, more exciting. Yeah, than it it, it, there the should thing. be action That's and it doesn't thing, feel yeah. like there's action. I don't think it completely falls on its face, but it doesn't get you where you want to go. Action, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with a C plus. I think that's a, a pretty decent place to put it. We got three more to go here. This is Thaumaturge. And I've oh, read my. through this class. You've been hyped on this class since it was announced. It's so good. The only mark I can say against the Thaumaturge is that it's like so one handed dependent it really does feel like you can't do a lot because like there, there's a lot of concepts that nullifies in combat at least but oh my god the implements are so versatile like yeah. the I think it suffers a little bit from having to be charisma it I does, wish it, it, I does. Wish it was more yeah. versatile like a and I don't like charisma or, for it because yep. I just it doesn't feel like, it feels I, like it should be wisdom I wanted this class to be wisdom so bad I think it's a B plus for me you sure. know I I think it does so many things so well. It just, it doesn't, it's not exactly what I wanted out of it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not. Fun. It doesn't it's awesome. mean it's not. It's awesome. uh, no, no, again, this is like a tier list. All of these classes are good in yeah. their own way. Like I, I will say that. Which F. Yep. Uh, this is the only class that's not good. Never mind. I take back my statement. Do we need to talk about this? I don't think so. It's I, not that great. I don't think so. It's just a worse wizard and familiars suck and cool. You get to pick your tradition, but like hexes are terrible. Patrons are terrible. There's no flavor around the patrons. If you pick a witch, it's for an archetype, which is why you should be picking a witch because you're an intelligence caster and you want a different tradition. And how about that wizard? I think wizard fits the other B minus slot or the sure. B plus slot rather or whatever. No, B minus. Yeah. Wizard's just okay. Yeah, I don't think it's the. Um, it's no longer the, the powerhouse the it used to be. It's, class that uh, wasn't one e. But you know, you're not doing any disservice by playing. I'm doing it. magic. I yeah. can control stuff. Yeah, perfect. It's just uh, now that you have degrees of success, you control stuff a lot less than you used to, which isn't a bad thing. Wow, it's the balance of the game. Griff, I'm shocked how even down the board this ranking turned out. I thought we would have a lot more swing here. No, I think it makes sense. I think I get, there's some pretty like delineated tiers yeah uh you know I, I could argue that a couple of our a stuff might have 
gone up into S well, if we kind of like broaden the S tier a little bit. Well, in a couple of years, think this might change if they add more barbarian instincts or add more. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. These are living, breathing classes. And add blood rager stuff to the barbarian. Right. That's going up somewhere. Exactly. That, that, you know, that be, immediately makes a lot it of more interesting. Here. Yeah. I mean, like kineticists, where do we think that'll fall? Who knows? Like promise of the premise to be able to wield all elements two element, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. from the play test, it sounds really cool. However, his proficiency makes it not as fun yeah. as you'd think it would be. Well, thanks everybody for joining Power Rank Kill, brand new segment. Very excited about this. I think we've got a pretty good delineation here. Um, we're going to go ahead and download these results and share them with the group later. But at this time, we're going to go ahead and take, I'm getting a just really quick. Everybody has said, please don't try to just download it. Screenshot is going to be better. Okay. Well, then I amend my statement. We are going to <laughs> screenshot this and share it. All right. Question time. Haley, what you got for us? Let's see. A couple questions were asked in the middle. First one that was asked was from Newt. Mm -hmm. Did you finish the drinks yet? I oh. have yeah. about half of the mango jalapeno. I finished the whiskey ginger. I finished the whiskey soda. I have not touched the mimosa yet. I'm starting that now. It's dragon. <laughs> yep. Okay. Eric Tenlondnum says, "Ask what do you think of the kineticist play test or play?" I think it's good. He I wrote playlist. Yeah, but I'm guessing play test. Play test. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the ideas behind it. I think the proficiency needs tweaking. I would like that they got like full martial proficiency because that would make them the ultimate blaster cast, right? class which we don't have in 2e it doesn't blasting doesn't really work as well and i think it'd be really fun to have a full-out blaster class but i that needs the proficiency of at least a martial character to do mm -hmm. and they get all of their proficiencies late and a lot of their proficiency scales off of their class dc which is the only thing that constitution drives right now in the class so if anything they deserve legendary progression in their class DC to allow them to like these special abilities that trigger off of con to scale well. So I think those are kind of my takeaways from it. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the metal and especially the wood, wood. element do. Uh, expect me to be playing a wood element kinesis once that's available. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I haven't taken a very deep look at the class, but I'll echo a lot of those statements there. Metal and wood, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> okay. All right, what's next? Eric actually also asked, what class from 1E do you think is missing to eat? In Inquisitor. Inquisitor is the easy one uh, because it's like one of the best classes in 1E. <laughs> and if you're going to like try and use War Priest or some sort of dedication to proxy it it doesn't work that way because it's unique enough i feel to warrant its own class if you're gonna do a swashbuckler as its own class in 2e inquisitor is far more unique than a swashbuckler is yeah really at this point what's missing i mean not a ton a lot of the stuff that's missing in 2e is stuff that wasn't well received or well loved anyway with the exception of course of like Inquisitor. That's kind of it. Well, I think Blood Rager needs to be either some sort of feat chain that For allows a barbarian, you to yeah. cast I don't, with rage. Or, I don't think it should be its own thing. 
I think you just unlocked the barbarian could, a little bit. So it could, so be, it could be if you if you actually go as in depth as they did in first edition with the bloodlines, mm. giving different benefits to a blood rager than they do to a sorcerer, uh, which was one of the best parts of being a blood rager was just like it's so cool when I take this aberrant bloodline and now my reach is ten feet. But you whatever. could just like, you could just have instincts that do that. You could just well, make I mean, in, you could like barbarian a, instincts. You could use it as yeah. an instinct, but you at least got to put in, in my mind, to flesh it out as a blood rager. That instinct can't really just be, oh, you can cast while you're raging. It needs to have the like, here's all the sorcerer bloodlines, and mm-hmm. here's what they give you as a right, as right, a blood rager. So pick a sorcerer bloodline. You know, as long as that's a part of it, I think that that is the fully realized blood rager concept. Whether that's an instinct or its own class or like a class archetype for a barbarian. Like, I think that's a great opportunity for a class archetype, mm-hmm. right? Much like wizard has rune Lord or gunslinger has spell shot, which, you know, I don't even know why that's not a way. It's basically a way. Yeah. I looked at that for my rain of winter character and I was like, no, thanks. Yeah. This sucks. This wow. Just like everything horrific. else in gunslinger. Really disappointing class. So I guess to answer your question, ninja. All right. What's next? Haley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, that got me. <laughs> oh my god, okay. The most well-received first edition class of Where's, all time. What about Samurai Boys? <laughs> oh my god. Hey, there's some Samurai stands out there. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> all right. So, like, another... Um, eh, I mean, it's not... It doesn't end with, like, you know, a question mark, but it, it's a question. Okay. Trey has semi-asked here, fuck, Mary kill, one bad date slash ghosted for the psychic casters. Wait, wait, wait what? what is this question? Yeah. So I think he's trying to fuck Mary Kill fuck, Mary on the, kill on the, the psychic, casters. psychic casters. Yeah. Except okay. he also added in one bad date and ghosted. Jesus, man. <laughs> um, I'm still okay, so <laughs> if it's first edition, I'm going to marry the occultist that is easily the best one. I'm gonna fuck a kineticist and I'm gonna kill a psychic. I would marry a medium because then you get two people for the price of one. Smart. Um, well, a couple people, actually. Yeah. One um, body, though. I would fuck an occultist because they have good control over toys. They have a lot of implements, yeah. Yeah. And then kill? Ugh, fucking, I don't know. Uh, Spiritual. Is there one that can read my mind? Because I don't want psychic. someone to read my mind. Uh, yeah, psychic. I'll kill a psychic then. Because <laughs> I don't... I was what happy. about a, a mesmerist? Uh, guess oh, I'm God, going kill mesmerist. Never mind, I, I forgot mesmerist. Mesmerist is the creepiest. Mesmerist shouldn't be a class. It's like... Actually? It's like I... Actually? <laughs> I'm going to fuck a mesmerist. Make I, me do I cha- some things. I changed my kill to mesmerist. I changed my fuck to mesmerist. Make Gross. me do some things. What are you doing with your psychic, then? Uh, I just psychic's your- not on the table, right? Huh? I just did fuck, marry, kill. Oh, okay, I, yeah, instead yeah. Of, instead of... Killing the psychic, I kill the um, mesmerist. the mesmerist. Okay, got it. The psychic just we don't talk. Okay, neat. Glad you guys got that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric S. Since clearly twenty-two-year-old yacht bros have no taste, what kind of music do they listen to? Oh, so what music uh, would you listen to so that you could enjoy these sesh self? Wait, wait, wait! wait, wait. On, Those are two different this. questions. <laughs> Those are two very different questions. I'm aware. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that Ezekiel Bronfman and whatever the fuck Merlot or Morrow or whatever his okay, last name yeah, is doing good. Um, 
They listen to 303, LMFAO. No, they're too young no, for that. No, they wouldn't even know dude. what those are. Come oh, on, they, man. They, You're dude, old. Party Rock came out when they were... You're old. What, they, when I, they were I know, but school. they would listen to... I don't know. Fucking... What do you want me to say? They listen to mumble rap or some shit. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They, <laughs> what's like what the rich white boys listen to these days? X I don't fucking know. 69X or whatever his name yeah, is. They went know. to court. Uh, they they want to think that they're young gravies, but they've never fucked a MILF. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. I only have one more question, actually. Oh. All right, well, that's cool because we have a lot of housekeeping and cool stuff to announce. Yeah, so Corio's actually asking us, can you give us another hint on the announcement that's coming up? No, because we're about to do that in the wrap-up and housekeeping. <laughs> so, all right. Another hint. Are we giving another hint? No, we're not doing that. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about stuff. So. There's a lot of exciting, awesome stuff happening over at HLP headquarters. By the way, get your final jabs in now if they haven't been submitted because we're getting there very soon. So quick announcement. Obviously, Drunken Discorderly is next Saturday. That is September 17th for those of you on the $10 and up Patreon tier. Very excited for that. Shortly afterwards, in a couple weekends, a lot of members from the HLP. So this is going to be Griff, Haley, Chris, and myself are going to be at the Kennett Square Brewfest October 1st. This is an awesome event that we've talked about a hundred times on this podcast, but we're going to be tasting a whole bunch of beers in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. As far as I'm aware, last time I checked, general admission tickets are still available. So if you want to drink all day with us and then drink afterwards too, because we will, you should go to this event and then let us know on the Discord or whatever so we can meet up with you and tilt a couple back. Okay, now this is the bigger one that we're getting into here. So they got a special announcement here. The next live Zone of Truth is scheduled for October 8th. Notably, this is Haley and Mai's birthday, shared birthday. What we're going to be doing for this live zone of truth is that we are going to have a live open to everybody, regardless of Patreon status, Twitch stream. Much like our last charity stream, this is also going to be a charity stream where we are going to be drinking mystery cryptid trick-or-treat seltzers to raise money for a local charity that we are super excited about and we've got a little history with them it's a special needs animal rescue organization called speak for the unspoken Haley and or griff would you like to give a little bit of a testimonial about what they are and the hlp's relationship to them i don't know i'm putting guys on the spot but like you know what I'm talking about. I'm fine to say some stuff. Yeah. And that. Go ahead and add in whenever. So Speak for the Unspoken is a charity regarding usually deaf, blind, otherwise special needs, mostly dogs, but they do take in cats as needed. They are only foster focused as in they do not actually have a physical location, which means there's a whole lot of having to drive to go get these dogs and rescue them somewhere or on these uh, foster families and then they go through and there's a lot of medical expenses with these dogs because for example our dog Finn we adopted him through Speak for the Unspoken he is deaf has some vision issues he has epilepsy and his brain is not fully formed so there's like a lot of different things and medical problems that could potentially come through that so donating to Speak for the Unspoken helps with a lot of those funds because they'll try to make sure people have a dog well set up even though they know they're going to be adopting a you know special needs dog 
Yeah, it is a special needs dog charity that basically keeps these special needs dogs from kill shelters, which uh, they're often, you know, any dog that has a impairment is kind of first on the chopping block at a kill shelter. So they keep the dogs out of those shelters. They provide um, necessary surgeries and that kind of thing for those animals and foster them and adopt them out and kind of rehabilitate them. And so there's hundreds of success stories from Speak for the Unspoken. They work in the um, greater Ohio area, but the dogs come from all over the country. So yeah, like Haley said, they you know, they, they incur a lot of expenses getting dogs from these kill shelters from all over the country and bringing them here and dealing with the medical needs that they have. Yeah, and their main kind of tagline, which I just, I think this is fantastic, which is uh, we see possibilities, not disabilities. And that's really their, their big thing is if they see a possibility in a dog to have a better life, they are ready to help rescue them and, and get them to a, you know, better spot in life. Yeah. It's a charity we're all very passionate about and very excited to be able to support them in our next charity stream. That being said, we are going to be developing a couple goals over the next couple weeks. As donations come in, special stuff are going to happen. And one of the things that we thought would be very fun is that we've had some meetings behind the scenes internally at HLP Productions, and we have a lot of really, really, really cool stuff to announce. And we're prepared to announce some stuff. And we'd like to do that in conjunction with some donations to this amazing charity that does really important work for animals that need their help. So we're going to get on stream. We're going to drink some mystery seltzers. Some of them are good. Some of them are supposed to be very, very bad. Can I talk about the seltzers for a moment? Yeah, do that. So the thing about these seltzers is for any of you that have ever had, you know, in your childhood or uh, or further the birdie bots jelly belly pack the uh, every flavored beans where there are some bullshit flavors and some good flavors we found a seltzer pack that they are all unlabeled and they are marketed as kind of the birdie bots of seltzers mm-hmm. so in every pack there are two horrific flavors and four good flavors you'll go from like uh, mango we've to been, toothpaste we've and been told flavor. grass clippings is an option so uh, one of the like, very interesting things that this company did choose to do which is very different than the birdie bots though is that they did not release any of the possibilities of the flavors we have no idea what the possibilities are so we have 12 of them and I think we're going to be doing drinking celebrations much like we did in the last live stream that we did for charity but this time we thought hey we're gonna do like a state of the hlp eventually but we can get some of that information to you guys early you know we might do that through this stream so i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and we're gonna do you know another event specifically for the ten dollar and up folks you know to kind of compensate you guys for doing an event that's open to everybody that month so I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, that's still, you know, TBD, but we want as many people watching this live Zone of Truth as we can to help raise money for Speak for the Unspoken. Don't worry. We got you covered. We understand. We'll figure out something else in October to have fun with you. That all behind us, I think it's time for our final jab before we move over into the Drunken Disorderly channel for a little bit of an after party as Griff and I finish off these sesh cross shit oh, what's up Haley? what do we got here i what's wonder if the shit? bad ones are just like you think there might be with the yeah, new re, uh, relabeled sessions <laughs> could be only one person submitted a final jab oh. Oh. then they win 
Yeah, they do. It, it, this should come as no surprise. It is Corey. Oh, um, interesting. <laughs> and it's about Steve. Okay. Okay. Um, final jab, Steve. Mm-hmm. The mango margarita sush seltzy of people. And then she oh, said, maybe that's rude. too mean. Ooh. Rude. I disagree with that one. <laughs> that's, yeah. I, I take umbrage with oh. that one. That's a little that's Yeah, a little I have harsh. some self-respect. Jesus, Jesus. Christ. If, any, if anything, the lowest you could go on Steve is a white claw lime. Yeah, I'll take a white claw lime. And on that note, what a way to end this electric episode of Zone of Truth. We'll see you all in the after party in just a moment. But until then, you all have succeeded at your will save. You made it out of the Zone of Truth. Griff, what do you want to say to these folks? My bowels certainly feel electric. Okay. Uh, Finish your drinks. We'll see you in two weeks. (laughs) getting there yeah we're a minute away oh, yeah we're about a minute away yeah so call me a cum luck i'm glad you're having fun because <laughs> i'm dreading what's about to happen so am i i'm trying to lighten the I'm mood with, light- with a, i'm a cum-filled warlock i feel like that's lightening the mood God, because, i was like these sesh seltzers are gonna really bring the whole room down i was like i was drinking with purpose last night i was trying to drive as many beers into me as possible that were just like not sesh because I was like, oh, I got to drink crap tomorrow. I got to enjoy it tonight. That's what so I got my headspace. I, I had this. I, I actually finished it. Unfortunately, well, I'm not. I might have oh. one sip, but I, I almost finished this Montucky cold snack. And I was like, oh, man, that's the last good thing I'm going to drink for the next like four hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, don't worry. I put a couple more of these in the fridge. You got to help me this time on the pack, okay? Yeah, I, I'm not. So see, I'm not going home after this this time. I, I don't think, unless I'm getting kicked out. But uh, no, no, you're fine. It's unfair yeah. to make me. It's unfair to make me finish a whole a whole pack of session again. Yeah, it's not happening. Abandoned ship on that last time. He was. I abandoned my senses. <laughs> I abandoned my whole spiritual body. That's when I became a cum filled warlock. Guys, the level of sad that he was, we can't do that again. We can't do that again. Yeah, t- it's supposed to be an uplifting night. It's supposed to be a fun night of drinking. Me with uh, taking taking down. I literally felt like um, I literally felt like I was running out to save Private Ryan, and I got fucking sniped in the side of the head. <laughs> there, there was a grenade of sessions that I just fell on. All right, well, it's that time. We might as well just do it. <laughs> Come lock powers. Activate. I'm leaving that in.